0: Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 85. This week, we talk with Brian Munzemeyer about Pattern Lab, be valuable to your industry, not your employer, and Cortana achieves omnipresence. This episode of the MS Dev Show is brought to you by infragistics Their developer toolkits provide world-class controls targeting Windows, Web, iOS, Android, Xamarin Forms, and more. Whether you're an individual developer or part of an enterprise team, they have something for you. Check out the latest today at you. This week we have Brian Munzenmeier. Brian spends his working days in UX UI design at Roydan Enterprises and waking nights moonlighting as Crunchy Owl, a small single man studio. He contributes to open source projects, maintaining the node port of Brad Frost and Dave Olson's Pattern Lab and is interested in the intersection of performance and responsive design to craft better things that reach more people. When not online, he's enjoying coffee of all qualities, digging up the yard, wearing an Afghan, talking about something he heard on public radio, dressing in, gr- in grayscale, or pretending to play the piano. <laughs> dressing in grayscale—you got to tell me about that one, Brian.
1: Oh well, I, I, I guess. <laughs> Please it just, expand. Just really stems probably from uh, my purchasing decisions over over time. Oh, this isn't like a Halloween costume. This is like a style. This is just kind of what I wear, I guess. Uh, my wife will will uh, be the first one to admit that. Um, my my color palette is probably limited when it comes to what I, what I wear every day. So the closet's just full of uh, gray sweater upon gray sweater upon gray sweatshirt. It's not a bad idea. Look at this; I'm wearing gray right now.
0: So <laughs> gray pullover. Uh, so a long time ago, my wife
2: uh, forbid me from getting any more black
1: T-shirts or blue dress shirts. So I understand that. <laughs> yeah, I try and stay away from blue, but um, you know, I, every once in a while, you gotta have some flair, I guess. I think I'm
0: also wearing blue at this time as well. Anyway, this is uh, – let, let's get past this. <laughs> Anything going on with you, Carl? I, I have, have just been uh, getting done with a whole
2: series of talks on Continuum and Adaptive UI, so that has actually been really fun. I've had yeah, a where to talk have to you actually been traveling? So um, we had a couple of talks in Chicago, Indianapolis, uh, Minnesota, and actually tomorrow's my last day in Milwaukee.
0: Okay. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Well, let's get into feedback. What did we have? And I'll let you say the name because I don't know how to uh, pronounce his name. <laughs> and, and I'll probably get
2: it wrong too, but this was a feedback on our site. So just as a reminder, you can hit the comment sections or discuss uh, links at the bottom of the site. And uh, this week, Andreas Vonquist Vonkvist, uh, said, Hey guys, great episode. He got his band while on location for build last year. And he was in the audience for Ali's presentation. So I think that's really cool. He even puts a, a, a link to his Twitter post where he has a, a picture of Ali on stage.
0: Yeah, he actually built a picture. Yeah, that's really cool.
2: Uh, one of the things he wanted to say, um, though, is the band for him, after over 170 workouts, is starting to fall apart. Uh, he hopes that the band 2 will be better. And he was uh, wondering if Ali could get him a new band 2, courtesy of Microsoft. He'll promise to give some excellent feedback. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, good, good luck with that. But I had a tip for him. Go ahead, Carl.
2: Well, I was just gonna say, um, you know, I I've noticed I had uh, the original band as well, and I think I'm gonna steal your tip here, Jason. If you just bring it back to a Microsoft st- uh, store, physical store, uh, they won't ask you any questions. They'll just exchange it for you on site.
0: Yeah, I th- I made so I made that suggestion in the comments, like you mentioned there. And what I would say is like there is no device that I could put on my wrist that is not going to get destroyed. Like I even, you know, just the other day, the, the band that I'm wearing, I, I, I rammed it into the wall, like inadvertently. I, I don't know. I'm not necessarily a clumsy person. Like I don't fall a lot, but I, I tend to just like run into things <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I have a tractor and sometimes I'll like be, you know, I'll put an implement on there like my plow or something like that. And I, I tend to just smash things on my wrist. So I guess another tip that I have too, is to always get whatever the warranty is. So if it's the band too, you can get that, um, uh, complete protection. Um, although you know, I guess showing how good the, the Microsoft support is, I, I had that on my band and they didn't even care. I took it into the store and I said, hey, I'm, you know, like I've smashed this thing, The I've I've destroyed the screen, I've destroyed pretty much every aspect of it and uh and and i said oh and i have a warranty and i'm like oh, okay whatever they're like here you go we'll exchange it for you so just just like no questions asked and they didn't even look up the uh the warranty information so it's just amazing customer service i mean they just trust the customers and uh that was just an awesome experience so it, even even if you don't have the microsoft band if you have a different brand if you have the apple watch or if you have the android wear uh if there's some kind of warranty on it i recommend it because it's not like it's safe in your pocket these things are exposed and they're going to run into whatever you run into
2: Yep. And for the comment on our, on our website, Andreas wins the ultimate, uh, license from Infragistics. And if you want to get mentioned on the show and be entered to win, you can email us at feedback at msdevshow.com. Uh, you can mention us on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes. We really like those five star iTunes reviews.
0: Yep. And this week, what I'd like to do, I'd like to get a certain type of feedback. So we're going to we're going to be looking for a certain type of feedback. Um, We'll probably do something like this for a couple episodes here. But what I specifically want feedback on this week, and this could be simple. I mean, if you're if you're the only one says anything about this, guess what, you're going to win that infragistics license. So this, this can really put the odds in your favor. But all you need to do—sorry for the screaming in the background. <laughs> Somebody's really—you know—our our fans in the background—they're just <laughs> they're just going crazy right now. Um, so here's what I want: I want to know uh, what you think of the uh, the balance of the show. So if you want more news, less news, more of the guest uh, you know, less of the guest, um, however you want to do that. Um, if you want the feedback section to be shorter, let me know <laughs> just any feedback on the balance. If you think it's just right, just say, you can even just send us a tweet saying the balance is perfect. And that that's, that's good enough. And we will, uh, we will be looking at your feedback, uh, and using that for the next show. Okay. What do we got for news? So this first thing is not a piece of news, but I, I found out the
2: existence of certain devices and it just blew my mind. So <laughs> there, there are flash drives out there. That on one side are regular USB A connections, mm-hmm. and on the other t- side are USB C connections. So you can plug them directly into either uh, like a Mac that has that, or on the new uh, Windows phones.
0: Yeah, the, I looked at this. I looked at first. I was thinking like it was like a light flash, and then I looked. I'm like, what the heck is this thing? <laughs> this yeah, is they is pretty look wild, weird. But it's, it's exactly the shared memory, right? Yeah, I mean, like no, like you can you can <laughs> this is a stupid question, but you can like store something with one of the connectors and read it off the other, right? I would assume
1: so. I would hope so, yeah. But that's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. Somebody had asked me if it was actually
0: uh,
2: functioned as a pass-through connection as well, and I said, "Well, <laughs> I don't know, but the pins are there." So, yeah, I
0: have a feeling you don't want to hook up like both ends at the same time, right? Good luck trying, yeah. <laughs> okay, but this is uh, this is cool um, since not all the the connectors are the same. Pretty cool. Okay, and then this next one, I don't know how you pronounce this. Is it uh, Tiobe? Tiobe. O- oh, that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Uh, so the, this is for language popularity and I don't recall exactly how they rate this. I don't know if it really matters, but they, no, but, they but they've done this for a
2: long time. So yeah. they, they are kind of a standard, even though, you know, yeah. you may not agree with how it measures it's measured. They're doing it consistently. So yeah. you can see the changes. And I thought there's like two really things that surprised me, um, this time, which is kind of why I brought it up. So, um, just as a, as a recap, Tyobi has an index of all the Programming languages, and every month they kind of update it and show how they've changed Mm -hmm. um, by popularity. And the first thing that I thought was kind of amazing is in the last month, Java has gone up by six percent to overtake C as the most popular language.
0: Yeah what what the heck is going on there?
2: I I don't (laughs) know. How do you account for that? Is that is that that can't be Android? Yeah, and and they have it kind of you know broken apart pie shape. So it says Java is twenty percent of the full popularity. And that's yeah. by far bigger than anything else. So I, I just thought it was kind of amazing. I didn't realize that Java was that popular.
0: Yeah, and Objective C has fallen by more than um, more than seven percent by more than Java than Java has increased. Which, uh, which I think that crazy. was the
2: other key thing was Objective C is just going down, which is kind of you know nobody wants to use it. Well, and actually you know, Swift. Swift it, yeah, Swift is, is ahead
0: of it now. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So Objective C was in third place. And, uh, a year ago, and now it's down to uh seven or uh, what is that? 15th place. Yes. Swift. Um, and Swift has just been steadily moving up. Uh, cause Swift is actually palatable. I mean, objective C is, well, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think we all know. <laughs> and Swift is interesting. I've been, I've been playing around with that. I just, uh, you know, I like learning new things and I've been playing with it. And it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, it's just C sharp like enough that it's not, um, you know, it's not, it's not completely foreign, like trying to learn objective C. Um, It's got some interesting things in there that, um, you know, I think there's just a lot of lessons from other languages that they put in there that are kind of interesting, especially around like error handling and uh, whether, you know, nullable types and things like that. And I, we're not going to get in in this episode, but um, uh, it's just, it's been, it's been interesting. Any other observations on here?
2: No, those are the two key ones that I wanted to pull out.
0: Yeah. If you look historically, Java was like steadily falling and now it's like, it's gone way up since like, uh, mid 2015 or so. Um, that's very interesting. Okay. Well, anyway, we got lots of news here. What else we got? Um, Cortana now available everywhere. Yeah. So I've actually have a little secret. I've had Cortana on my iPhone for a
2: while mm-hmm. and I was part of the uh, test flight for that. And, it works really well. Obviously there's certain, uh, OS integrations that it doesn't have, but it has, uh, all the cloud sync ones. So I, on my windows 10 PC, I can say, you know, uh, remind me to call my wife at, you know, six o'clock about blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And at six o'clock on my phone, on iOS, it shows up. It gives me that
0: reminder. So, Oh, you get the notification.
2: Yeah. And Very you know, cool. that's when, you know, it's nice having that sync across as well. So, mm-hmm. um, I think yeah. that was, that's the biggest
0: thing that I get. Yeah. Cause she's the, she's the cloud baby. Um, yeah. And then, and then it's also on uh, Android now, which is sort of the big news. Um, and on Android, the, the, Hey, well, I, I should, I don't even know if I should say it. <laughs> <laughs> the Hey, you feature um, is, is actually possible in the Android app. If you're in the app or if you're on the Android home screen on iOS, I don't, I don't think that feature works anywhere. Maybe if you have the app open, it works. I haven't tried that. Um, so on the iOS version, you can just hit the, the microphone. So Android, you know, obviously lets you integrate Cortana a little bit more deeply into the, uh, into the OS. But like you said, this thing is cloud back. So you go in there, like mine tracks my packages and, you know, I get it on windows. It is nice having it everywhere. Um, it's just kind of a dashboard as to, you know, some things that are, that are going on in the world every time I check it. Um, this next one kind of, I, I tweeted this and it kind of blew up. Uh, a lot of people were were interested in that this, but it's uh, choosing an HTTP status code. Stop making it hard. So Go this was ahead. an excellent article, by the way. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. this guy, I want to I mean,
1: read the whole thing. It's uh... yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, just the the fact that he used a lot of flowcharts with with pretty simple decisions. Like this actually makes it easy, and 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 actually just to show you how easy it is. If you scroll down to the bottom. He says, no, it's pain no mind to RFC 2616 or even worse 2068. The RFC you're looking for is 7231. So like just the, you know, the act of getting to the right RFC is a pain. And then going to the RFC, I mean, the things like 500 pages long. Um. Uh, no, thank you. I'm not. I'm. Not, I won't be reading that anytime soon. Yeah. But this is like super easily digestible.
1: I'd say. I know that um, at Roydan we've struggled with uh, with this in, in building uh, RESTful APIs. You know. Uh, do, you know. Do we want to shove everything in a 200? Even you know. Even if there's uh, something we handle that we'd consider an, an application error, or yeah. or do we want to you know embark upon the t- the, the journey of you know actually <laughs> returning uh, correct uh, you know status codes or whatever? Yeah. So uh, very neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's got kind of a high level
0: here. Um, Is there a problem with requests? Is the problem server side? Am I implementing a web server? And then it kind of tells you like where, you know, what, what family of responses to get into. And then some of them are, are, are pretty, are pretty funny too. Uh, so like for the, for the 400 errors, does the resource even exist? If no, are you rage quitting the internet? <laughs> no, 404 not found. Yes. 410 gone. <laughs> I just, it's just, hilarious. I mean, it kind of points out the absurdity of some of these codes that there's a 404 plus a 410 <laughs> and, and, and not found and of are, course, are gone. <laughs> and of course there's my
2: favorite HTTP status code. I will recite it in the form of a limerick. I wanted a beverage hot from an http coffee bot. My coffee was spurned and error returned 418 I'm a teapot. <laughs> Good stuff. So 418 is I'm a teapot and that has always been my favorite one.
0: Oh this is hilarious. Yeah, so it says one of the one of the questions here is it April 1st? If yes, 418 I'm a teapot. <laughs> so I wonder if people I'm sure people implement that. That's why. Yeah, I think that started off as
2: a Twitter April Fools joke. Okay. And then it got rolled up into the RFC. Nice. Very cool. Very
0: cool. Okay. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got? Oh, this next one. Um, so this was a, this is actually ancient. So this isn't even new. So I'm totally cheating here, but uh, <laughs> this was actually from October 26th, 2013. So I was actually reading um, some comments on something and somebody had mentioned um, working for uh, your industry and not your employer. And I thought that was a really interesting concept. And he said that that was all from uh, James Whitaker and James Whitaker. Um, he's sort of famous for a couple of things. And one of them was, uh, he worked at Microsoft for years. He left to go to Google. I think he worked there about 18 months and you know, he's like, these people are crazy. I'm going back to Microsoft. Um, so he's got, uh, you know, he's got an, an article out there, um, talking about why he left Microsoft or why he left Google to go back to Microsoft. But anyway, this particular article again was was talking about this whole idea, you know, he read an article that was talking about um Jack Welch's advice and it was all about, you know, like making your boss happy and working hard and blah 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 blah. And James just I I I love him because he just he he always goes against the status quo. He just rips that apart and he's like, "No, this could not be any more wrong." And um I did take some quotes out of this that I I think sort of embody what he was trying to say here. Uh, you must always remain valuable no matter what happens to your company. And I think that that's huge. Like it doesn't matter where you're working at. Like you, if, if you like put yourself in a position where you're going to go down with the ship and like, that's your entire identity, then well, guess what? You're going to go down with the ship. Um, and then the next one here, careers are no longer something we have. Careers are something we must own. So just thinking more broad about your, your career. And again, I think it's powerful advising, make yourself um, valuable to the industry because automatically you're going to make yourself important to your employer. I mean, you know, if you're if you're like Brian and and you are like the the greatest at, you know, responsive design, um, you know, like everybody is going to want to hire you, not just the place that you're at. And your current employer, they're just, they just—they just happen to be the lucky one that's able to, you know, hang on to you at, at the current time. But you know, from from your own standpoint, you need to you need to be thinking uh, wider and bigger than that. So, any thoughts, guys? I, I've always had you know a little one-liner that I've kind of given
2: to a lot of people, and I think that falls in line with this. And that's don't let your career happen around you. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people, you know, they they let their managers kind of dictate, you know what kind of skills that they learn and, you know, the pace that they learn them and, and
0: all sorts of other things. And if you do that, you might not like where you end up. Yeah. And James says, he basically, uh, he says it much more eloquently than I do, but he he says that your, your manager is not very important, which, you know, I, I guess is, is debatable. It depends who your manager is. I happen to have a a really good man. You were my manager, Jason. So yeah. 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 And see, it didn't matter. It absolutely didn't matter. No. So, um, so James is awesome and he is part, he's part of the same, uh, I don't know what you'd call it uh sub organization in Microsoft that I'm part of. Um, so I actually, I couldn't, I was trying to find this article. So I actually reached out to him and then, um, we, we got to talking and, uh, I've all, he's been in the list to invite on the show forever. And, uh, he's, he's like my, the number one person that I want to get on the show. And he's like, Oh yeah, totally. I'll come on. And I really don't care what he talks about. We're going to figure out what he's going to talk about. So we're going to have him on at, uh, at some point, which will be really cool. I'm really interested to hear what he says. Any comments on, on that article, Brian?
1: Yeah. I I like the quotes in general and and what Carl said, um, kind of, uh, invoking Steve jobs. You know, I think he said that you have to live your own life. Otherwise you end up living somebody else's. And, um, it's probably important for the industry, you know, your your career. In addition to your life, and uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen uh, at your current employer. And always trying to better yourself, and and uh, you know, invest that extra time into into other things is is very very important. It's 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 evident to me in some of the things and in, in the steps that I've I've gone through, mm-hmm. um, you know, paying dividends um, by by doing things extracurricular and uh, you know, juxtaposing that to. Um, you know, people who might just be more nine to fibers and, and, uh, right. Yeah, you're right. Other people have said it more eloquently, but, uh, there's, there's definitely value there. Yeah.
0: And it's not that you don't, you know, you're not giving it your all for the company that you're at, but I, I, I just kind of feel this way. Like, I, and fortunately I'm in a position where I can do this, you know, be be able to think bigger picture. I always try to figure out like what what is, what is, what are my boss's deliverables and how can I help him with that? But then also thinking industry wide and it really always has helped me at my current job and, and, um, it's worked very well.
1: Yeah. Well, so just
0: uh, food for thought. Go ahead, I, Brian.
1: I'd agree. Um, you know, my current boss, whose name is also Jason, uh, is <laughs> uh, curiously enough. Um, he, you know, he, I think he kind of embraces or, or gets this too. you know, uh, being allowing me to do this kind of thing. And, and, uh, Uh, speak and and, and just kind of focus on other UX stuff um, is really cool because it ultimately benefits them as well, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. it it just trains all of us up better. So it's, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, we're stealing time from you. And, and actually, you know, people, people that listen to the show are probably like, Oh yeah, Carl and Jason, they're, they're so organized. They, they must book their, their guests, you know, months in advance. So we, we, we emailed you what, like three hours ago, Brian, (laughs) Yeah, we need you at this time. And you're like, no, I can't do it. And and then we're like, Brian, you must. And then he's like, Oh, okay, fine.
1: (laughs) I had to get more approval from my wife than uh, actually.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're stealing your time. So we're appreciative of of you and, uh, and your company for uh for being understanding there okay uh and then the last one here is actually a video and there's some dogs in my fan club is here well as well so that's why you hear that but uh rise of the machines on uh, youtube so this actually i didn't realize this but this is like all people i work with but uh this is josh holmes so he used to um i think he used to be like a he used to work on the uh, internet explorer team and he joined my team um I think like a year and a half ago around that time. And he's been doing some really great work. And he was actually at a conference called Web Summit. And he did a uh, presentation on uh, machine learning. And he did an awesome job. And I, w- what he did was he, he had some really simple explanation, or he, he really made it simple to understand the concept of machine learning. And then he sort of ramped up and really got into like, here are some examples, here are, you know, the different types of machine learning, here's how you do it. And he just did a fantastic job overall. So I just want to make sure we get that in the news section, because I'd like people to see that. And I don't, you know, you didn't ask me to put that in there or anything. I just, I just happened to notice that he did it and I watched it. And, you know, I, I know a little bit about machine learning, definitely not an expert by any stretch of the imagination and I learned a lot from it. Um, I thought it was really good. So I just wanted to, uh, to give a shout out and make sure that we had a link to that. Uh, okay. That was it for the news. So let's get to Brian. Uh, so Brian, yeah. So I, Carl knew that you were working on this uh, pattern lab thing. I apparently wasn't paying atten- attention as much as he was, um, <laughs> but um, but this looks pretty cool. And I guess you've been working on this for a while. So I really have no idea what this is. So this will be great for me. So do you, do you just want to, you know, give us an explanation of what is pattern lab?
1: Sure. Yeah, I can, I can uh, start somewhere and, and we'll see yeah, where start, it covers. Start me
0: from zero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. Uh, well, I think the first thing to mention is that, um, Pattern Lab itself is is a, um, a tool that was uh, envisioned and created uh, mostly by um, two other super smart individuals, um, Brad Frost and, and and Dave Olson, who uh, created the the very first version. And um, it's been uh, growing ever since, and and really. Um, I guess I'll get into how I, I was involved in a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. the um, the the gist of Pattern Lab really is that um, it's not it's not really a framework, uh, more so than it is a place. Or uh, I guess uh, you know, there's so many tools in, in our toolbox these days, and this is more like the uh, the workshop you can go to and uh, play with all of them at once in in one uh, cohesive uh, place, and, and that's super nice. Um, it's not. It's not a framework. It's not Bootstrap. It's not Foundation. It doesn't. It doesn't pretend to be. It's more um, really kind of at its core, uh, kind of a static site generator that um, allows you to stitch together uh, different uh, components uh, of a web design or web experience and uh, craft them more modularly. So you start with um, the, the the atomic elements uh, that uh, you might create a site and uh, grow grow them up from there the the thought process being that if you can get that foundation correct and uh, you can you can bring in stakeholders at kind of at all times uh, early in the process you don't have to have one of those big bang you know big reveal moments where you show them that, okay here's the big Photoshop comp um, of the site uh, you, you know the, you can uh, be building the the entire experience um, modularly uh, step by step uh, in the browser which is which is key uh, I like that analogy
0: with the with the workshop because I have I have a project where um, I sort of been thinking of it recently as, as a place for some related things. Like it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, there's, there's like sort of an overarching mission, but there's, you know, like other pieces that I want to put in there. So is is that kind of a place for this as well? Like if it's, if there, if there's these things that you can add in there that are, that are related, is, is this a a place to actually put them?
1: Yeah, I think um, it, it, it's very, I don't think you can mention pattern lab without talking about atomic design. Mm-hmm. which um is really uh, what it was built to kind of harness as a workflow. And uh, atomic design is uh, the the design process or a mindset that um, Brad Frost also coined that that borrows uh, some analogies from chemistry where you have uh, atoms and molecules uh, you know that that make up these uh, larger uh, larger systems of organisms um, that you know that we walk and talk. And uh, by by doing it uh, piecewise like that, um, you can you can make sure that everyone is aligned uh, correctly. So, uh, you know, I've used it uh, myself a number of times to to start by creating maybe just a style guide. Uh, right. And, and uh, think about, OK, this is what my typography is. This is what my colors are. These are all just you know, the HTML elements that I care about, uh, you know, making sure that they have some kind of cohesive styling. Um, but then, where the magic happens is is kind of marrying that with um, a, a templating engine such as mustache or something, and just using the inherent ability of of mustache or any templating engine really to um, include partials. So you can build up you know uh, increasingly more complex uh, things from from your smaller things, really. Uh, and uh, it just it, it creates this really nice uh, kind of dry experience where um, you know you don't have to be uh, copy pasting a bunch of different variants of something. You can use all this uh, kind of syntactic sugar or these extensions that um, Pattern Lab is around the those core templating uh, languages. To really um, marry the technology with with the process, um, there's a lot of things that come into it too. Uh, the, uh, on top of just the core kind of piecing together of things, um, Pattern Pattern Lab also ships with uh, at least the the node version uh, has Browser Sync uh, enabled in it. And if uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Browser Sync, uh, you you need to be. Um, it's it's so cool. Um, it, it basically uh, stands up a web server for you. And uh, makes it publicly and privately available uh, to whoever's you know on your on your network, and then uh, anyone who connects to that uh, that web server will uh, synchronize uh, any kind of page navigation you do, any scrolling you do, form inputs, and all that stuff. So, especially when you start thinking about web design and web application design. If you want to make sure that uh, you're delivering number one a responsive experience or a cross-browser experience, um, you can spin this up really easily, and you can you know you can hook everything up to it. And uh, we did this um, with uh, uh, we used uh, this a little bit on our on the roidn.com redesign, uh, the browser sync, and you could see it in you know Chrome, Firefox, IE, um, any anyone's mobile devices in the office in you know, real time as I'm coding it. So.
0: That's very cool. That also lets you, like, if you change the code, does that, and you hit save, does that update the... The browser then too.
1: Yep. Yep. It, okay. uh, it, it comes with that too. So uh, I thought that was the it, same mechanism. Yeah. Yep, Any kind of uh, that used to be more like live reload um, was the, kind of the big yeah. one, and now Browser Sync kind of brings it all together into one nice package and a UI on top of it. So yeah, Pattern Lab ships with with Browser Sync now, and on top of the the, the kind of the Chrome front end that it has itself that allows you to look at the source code of patterns and and see the lineage of uh, how a, a bigger complex pattern is actually composed smaller ones so uh, it, it really just helps you kind of manage all that uh that complexity as uh, you know as a project grows so how did you get involved with pattern lab and what's your role now sure good question um or maybe maybe not as an exciting question as i think uh
0: <laughs> he's he's the vip carl <laughs>
1: Uh, really uh, I started um, looking into pattern lab uh, kind of on the tail end of, of the the, uh, the beginning of the style guide kind of explosion um, that that happened um, a couple years ago with uh, the BBC and Starbucks uh, and others uh, really uh, kind of making public their style guides and um, I went to an event apart that uh, a company had sent me to and There is another kind of uh, style, uh, Pattern Lab esque tool there called Pairs uh, that I started to try to emulate and and write uh, my own version of it uh, using some ugly knockout and and iframes and stuff like that. Uh, But I eventually found uh, Pattern Lab PHP and uh, hacked around on that for a bit with, uh, and that's where I I became exposed to Brad and Dave working on that and uh, eventually proposed the, uh, the node port. Uh, I met Brad. I'm sorry. I met uh, Dave uh, a couple months ago at a, at a conference, and uh, he said, "Yeah, I was, I was fully expecting someone to create a, a a JavaScript or a Node port like almost immediately." So I guess uh, I was the lucky one to to do that. And um, what's really nice is that there's just been this like super awesome, sustaining um, growth of of uh, people also interested in the Node port, and um, that that truly really helps. Uh, fuel my desire to keep working on it so it's uh you know it's been about two years now since i started and uh, it's finally reached some kind of uh, feature parity to uh what uh the the php version that uh, i was originally exposed to and um even now ongoing i'm I'm getting uh, a bunch of notifications uh, even today of other people working on um, implementing like uh, pattern engine support in in uh and Pattern Lab node. So people would be able to uh, use not just mustache, but handlebars or twig or, um, you know, anything that kind of adheres to some kind of API. So there's really some cool things coming and um, it's, it's, it's nice to see uh, the community kind of rallying around it. Is it more geared toward like a, a blog type of, of scenario or just
0: a, a plain website?
1: No, he, maybe here's a, a good way to think mm-hmm. about it. I guess um, there's, there's some pretty big sites that are actually using it. Um, okay. Yeah, that's actually yeah. Examples would probably be the the best the best gauge. Sure, um, Entertainment Weekly. Is, oh, okay. Uh, TechCrunch. Yeah. And, um, and have you heard of him?
0: I do. Yeah. He just, just like he like drops the mic and uh, <laughs> hangs up the Skype call.
1: Uh, ra- <laughs> uh, Radio Free Europe. Uh, the the team that built that uh, used Pattern Lab, uh, and albeit okay. these were all uh, the PHP version, but uh, very recently. Um, I just, I learned um, from one of my contributors that um, the uh, target.com, the team making their mobile site is using pattern lab node um, to build things. So really um, it's not so much blog oriented versus, um, you know, any other kind of content or marketing site. It's, it's, it's more of a vehicle to. Uh, to build things uh, com- in a component driven fashion. So if you okay. want to focus as a team on you know the, the login experience, you can you can take uh, you know maybe your basic styling for um, your branding and uh, you know what text boxes and buttons look like, and very easily build um, a, a slightly larger component, whatever you want to call it a molecule, an organism, whatever, that is a login form, right? And make sure that that adheres to the same kind of visual uh, styling of all the other components around it. And uh, what pattern, the Pattern Lab front end or website gives you is a way to see all of that kind of together. So um, you don't have to have them all separated uh, out uh, amongst a bunch of separate files. You can put it all together. Um, my uh, my GitHub has an example of how I've used Pattern Lab uh, Node to build my uh, my personal site. And uh, the, you know there are little uh, little components in there that kind of all uh, get ex- exported and exposed into a Jekyll. Um, a Jekyll engine automatically. Okay. So um, I've actually hooked it up and I blogged about it on my site uh, where um, I actually do kind of like style guide driven development is kind of the term that people use where you actually make changes in the style guide first or in, in, inside Pattern Lab and make sure that um, there's that design consistency and that um, that modularity and, and that you want. And then it ex- exports directly into the, the Jekyll uh, includes that um, actually comprise the site. Um, there's a there's a super cool article by um, I think his name is Ian Feather from Lonely Planet uh, that that talks about uh, operationalizing their style guide in in a very similar fashion where uh, their style guide um, actually delivers uh, all the patterns that they use for their production site. Super cool stuff.
0: Okay, so is that is that maybe a kind of a concise way of saying it? Operationalizing your style guide. I mean, I like that I like that phrase.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I, I, it does more than that too, though. So because,
0: that's just one part of it. Uh,
1: yeah, that's that's more one of the more advanced features. But what's nice too is that. Um, using Pattern Lab, especially you know, Browser Sync, or even just the, the front end itself, yeah. it, it, it exposes the whole thing, uh, the whole design system, uh, to every stakeholder that needs to see it. So you can be working, you can show it to your boss. Uh, you know, you can you can share it with your designers um, and, and make sure that things are uh, consistent um, across the board. Or um, you know, diving into individual components, and uh, you know, it, it might feel a little goofy doing it uh, as a one man team. But it, it also helps you kind of force that perspective into, uh, you know, okay, I'm not going to crack open the editor and, and just build the whole thing in one big spaghetti code. I'm actually going to think about, uh, you know, how, how do I want my related content block to, to feel versus my list of posts to feel? And you can build all that stuff kind of, you know, together, um, okay. but separate,
0: maybe. Okay. Carl, I got to interrupt this for just a second, and I want to talk about Infragistics.
2: Yeah, if you comment uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on our website, you have a chance to win the ultimate license from Infragistics. And this is pretty cool because it covers a lot of stuff. Um, they have controls for Android, iOS, Windows Phone, Windows 8, ASP.NET, MVC, WPF, jQuery, HTML5, just tons of stuff. And they even have stuff for Xamarin Forms. So if you're trying to hit all three major mobile platforms with one, they got controls to help you out there. If you need tabular stuff uh, with their grids, they got really cool controls that help make that look uh, just really sharp. Charting, gauges, barcodes, it's all pretty simple using their controls. And if you just have some uh, simple prototyping needs, they have a product called Indigo Studio too. It lets you get that prototype done so you can show this to the stakeholders and you know sell your ideas.
0: Yeah, what I love about that, you can just send them a link and they can actually navigate through the app. But uh, like you mentioned earlier, all of these controls across all these different platforms, this is great. I mean, most people don't just develop one type of app now. So being able to to go and use these controls in every type of app, all under one ultimate license is is really big plus.
2: If we don't select you uh, each week, you could try again next week. And if you can't wait, they have free demos, so you can try it out for a month. Download the demos and try it today.
0: Yeah, check it out at infragistics.com. They're a free trial, so you have nothing to lose. And remember, each week, if we pick your comment on the show, you get the ultimate edition for free, which includes everything. We thank them for their support of the MS Dev Show.
2: As I've listened to you so far, you've, you've brought up a, a lot of key terms that I think that might you know help if we kind of give a, a definition for. Uh-huh. And, and the ones in particular, like if you go to patternlab.io, uh, they're all at the top there. So I think if you describe some of these, I think that it it really helps explain what labyrinth pattern lab get, you know can give us.
0: Yeah, because I think you heard I heard you say like molecules and organisms more.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, it it does uh, to this day still kind of trip up people who um, you know uh, might want to internalize uh, some of that vocabulary. Um, but the, the way I really truly think about it, um, and I'll get into the uh, answering your question in a little bit, is just uh, increasing complexity or, or um, a, a structure, right? So if we talk about atoms, um, those are those are truly, you know, at the atomic level. Um, yeah, I guess there's quarks and things like that. Um, but uh, they're, they're really the basic tags, the HTML tags that you know, we we know and, and love and learned in school. So a button tag, an anchor tag, um, your headings, right? Those are your atoms. Um, those are the things that ultimately make up um, it, your site, but um, they don't exist in a vacuum, right? Uh, you, you know, if you're if you're creating um, a search form, you know that has a label, that has an input, it might have a button on it, and all those all those things combine into a, a molecule, right? The, a group of elements that function together as a as a unit, and um, if you get enough of those things together, uh, enough molecules, you can eventually create an organism, such as uh, you know having a, a a header or a masthead on your site that contains um, a navigation, contains a uh, a search form, and then contains you know a list of posts, and all those things kind of glue together uh, to create a, an organism. and um, you can uh, you can think of it in that way. Uh, once you once you get enough of those kind of organisms and and you can ha- you can really have as many different uh, as many levels as you want if you if you don't feel like you need to do that all of this you don't have to um okay it's pattern,
0: also pattern, it's it's sort of you can so you can go freeform within this
1: yeah pattern lab is uh totally agnostic of uh, of this structure but it supports it um it, you know it's it kind of built in concert with uh with the uh, evolution of atomic design. So it, it definitely helps uh, in the management of, of that kind of uh, hierarchical structuring of, of um, different components. But you don't have to necessarily do that. Uh, and, and really, uh, I guess something we haven't talked a lot about is you know, once you glue together enough organisms, you might get a, a whole page template, right? As you, as you might think of like a, a modern PHP template or a razor template that you're, you're working with. Um, We're like, okay, this is the post template. This is the product template. Uh, What's nice about Pattern Lab is once you have that, you can very easily uh, insert uh, live data uh, into those templates in the form of pages just by adding another JSON file. Um, Really, this all uh, hinges on on the the internal structure of... um, of templating languages in general right and you know they take a a snippet of html or a snippet of you know pseudo html looking things and you inject data into them right um so that that's what pattern lab does and supports is uh, the, you build these big things up but then you can just send it one big json file um and, and very easily make variants variance or, or a number of pages um based on that kind of uh, information
0: that's really cool so would this work would this work also with a dynamic site then as well
1: theoretically yes uh, okay
0: so like when do you when do you end up marrying the the front end with your back end content or is is it like how, how does that end up working? Can yeah. you, can you like send a piece of JSON from the server and marry those things together? Or is that just a bad idea?
1: No, that's, that's the kind of the final frontier I've been, I've been kicking around with that idea too, because that, that's where you get into what you said before operationalizing, the, you know, the, the style guide and the, and the template, mm-hmm. right. Where, um, you can, you can ask your style guide, uh, you know, maybe via rest or something. Hey, you know, give me the, give me the post template. Right, whatever the mm-hmm. current version of that is, and then just uh, you know retrieve retrieve the data from the database and then uh, render them together uh, either on the client or server and, and send it. Yeah, them.
0: you uh, and I had talked about that years ago. I remember <laughs> talking about you know having having a lightweight um, and this isn't you know really a new concept, but having an, an API server essentially as your backend, and then you have you know sort of a strict. Um, like you said, operationalized style, style guide on the front end, and then you, you marry those things together. Yeah,
1: yeah that's exactly what uh, I mentioned with Lonely Planet. Uh, mm-hmm. and their their tool or their style guide is called Rizzo, R-I-Z-Z-O. Um, uh, definitely worth checking out. And they, There's an article about doing just that, really. And it is super cool. So uh, right now, uh, Pattern Lab Node uh, supports just exporting the the finished, I guess, uh, all glued together templates. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, with with a plugin or something um, that should be on the, our roadmap, uh, it would be nice if you could actually ask it to you know retrieve a, a, a particular file, and you can do something else with it uh, yeah. later. Cool. So you know, you had mentioned
0: that you're working on the Node version, and there was originally a, a PHP version. Um, so like how do you how do you keep those things in sync? So um, you know, is there perfect feature parity? Is your sort of a, a fork that can can, you know go on its own way? How does that work?
1: Yeah, that's a a good question. Um, dave olson um when when it became apparent that the pattern lab node uh, fork was uh, maturing, um, he helped out a lot by actually uh, r- writing a spec for, you know what, a Pattern Lab-esque tool or, or uh, engine really is, and uh, that's where he documented um, a lot of the features. Uh, in addition to the the Pattern Lab I/O uh, site that uh, Carl mentioned before, um, has a, a pretty full-fledged documentation side of it too. And um, the the Node version has uh, endeavored to achieve uh, feature parity um, from the onset. Now, there's there's a lot of things that you know PHP does inherently better than the node and and vice versa. Um, it being in, on the node platform is super nice because we have NPM um, that we can use. We have uh, things like browser sync, um, which um, which I use you know pretty heavily to support some of the features that uh, Dave has written uh, directly in PHP, like the page following, like the the uh, reloading and, and, and navigation syncing. That just comes free because uh, we're able to you know uh, lean on the ecosystem that the JavaScript already has. Uh, so that's nice but um uh, really the 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 php version has already uh, he hasn't been doing nothing uh, in, the, in the amount of time i've, I've been trying to g- go towards this so um he already has a, a pretty robust plug-in system and uh full support for pattern uh, engine different pattern engines and and has done a lot of that in the php side so that's really where um pattern lab node is going to be going into the future is uh heading towards that 2.0 i guess mark of of uh, being even, even more robust and, and, uh, you know, unit testable and all that stuff. I think about you a lot, actually, uh, as I write, uh, for a long time, there aren't, haven't been any, um, unit tests uh, yeah. for, for panel lab <laughs> node. And, um, maybe in the last year or so, I've started to do more of those just for sanity's sake as, as regressions occur. And I don't want to use just like the, the shipped example patterns as the test bed, you know, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's definitely been paying dividends as, as more people have, um, become involved in in the project um, they, they're adding unit tests or they're they're breaking them and then fixing them which is great and um, you know I, I guess it's a testament to some sort of uh, of I don't know uh, development that uh, you know people can actually read it and, and consume it and contribute back
0: yeah in in node and I think I've talked about this line before but JavaScript in general is so flexible that it makes it so that um, it's it's powerful what you can do with unit testing, in C sharp. It was always um, a bit unnatural uh, to do certain types of tests, but uh-huh. JavaScript lets you. Well, I, actually, JavaScript is extremely unnatural, but it's sort of naturally unnatural.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's like
0: I, it's like okay to be unnatural in JavaScript. I,
1: I definitely have uh, I have a little bit of imposter syndrome and thinking that um, you know it's it's not good enough. But uh, mm-hmm. one of the nice things about just open source in in general, I guess, is that uh, it's out there and, and there are people actively improving it and, and linting it. If I miss something or Um, whatever. So, uh, especially as the project matured and I find out people and teams and agencies are actually using it, uh, I, I owed it to them to, to really add more unit tests for it. And you're right. It's so easy to fake stuff.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, since it is out there open source and you have more and more people using it, if they find anything that's wrong, they should get in there and fix it, fix it and write a unit test. I mean, it doesn't have to just all fall on your shoulders either. I mean, and because I, on the podcast, I keep pushing people to do that. If you see something wrong on the internet and it's something that's editable or fixable, then fix it. You yeah. know, there's really no excuse. Like you don't, you can't just complain or, or just, you know, the, the worst thing to do is complain and then just not even say anything. Yeah there's, um, yeah, there's
1: been some really, really awesome uh, work done that that there's no way I can claim having the bandwidth to do um, in the project, and it, it's just it's really impossibly humbling to think that people care enough to you know pick it up where where I have it and and uh, make it better. It, it really is cool.
0: Yeah, I had somebody send me a massive pull request on one of my GitHub repositories recently, <laughs> and I just right away I'm just like, uh, okay. I'm going to make you a co-owner on this repository because you obviously care about it at least as much as I do. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> That's really cool. So speaking of things that you care about, Brian, I know that you've always
2: been huge on responsive design and making uh websites that are accessible. Uh-huh. How, how does pattern lab, you know, allow us to do that?
1: Sure. Um, really, I guess what's nice about pattern lab is that it, it lets you create whatever you want. Um, it, it doesn't make that decision for you. Um the, uh, the demo that's on the site uh, on Pattern Lab, it's at uh, demo.patternlab.io. Um, that's a, a version of the of the PHP version from a, a bit ago. That uh, that's what that's really what um, Pattern Lab Node has, has kind of achieved feature parity with now. Um, it it um, it it has a grid. Right As an example. Um, but by no means uh, did did Brad or Dave ever intend anyone to to use this as as the jumping point for a project. So you know i've I've seen people uh, you know just throw uh, bootstrap directly in here and start building bootstrap style sites. Uh, using uh, using Pattern Lab, um, really, it, it doesn't make those kinds of decisions for you. It's more of a harness uh, around the tooling that you have, so you can you can have whatever kind of JavaScript uh, libraries you want, whatever kind of jQuery plugins or uh, you know uh, different image assets or CSS frameworks you, you want to put into here. You just, you most certainly can. You know, it's it's all uh, you know namespaced and and uh, kind of protected around the the Pattern Lab front end um, to to support all that kind of stuff. So um good question kind of non-answer maybe <laughs> so basically
2: essentially uh i can bring my own i can lean on something a third-party tool like uh bootstrap like you said or i could even just steal the one that they're using for the website here if i'm really you know wanted to take that route
1: uh yeah you you really could um i i, I would be lying to say if i if i haven't used the the grid that chips with it it's just a really simple float-based grid percent grid but uh uh we get a lot of pull requests or we have in the past for people trying to update the um the the shipped example kind of con- you know uh, code and front-end stuff but that's really not the point um you know we don't we don't want it to turn into this framework that you want to consume yeah we... this is what the entire internet should look like yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh we we usually gently uh deny some of those things where you know they they want to update, you know, jQuery from version 1.3 to 2, whatever. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. The, the point is that um, you know you, you can use this to uh, to really make whatever you want.
0: Hmm. Very cool.
1: Um, so if I'm
0: building a custom site, how do I get started with this? So I'm just starting day one. I'm like, I'm going to use this framework. Well, first I'm going to call you up, and what are you going to say to me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, on uh, on the GitHub page for Pattern Lab, Pattern Lab Node, um, it, it does have some basic requirements, like uh, you're making sure you have Node installed, um, which comes with npm. And then there's two different ways you can you can get it um, from from GitHub. You can download the the zip directly of the latest release, um, and then you know uh, initialize your project. Uh, with uh, I think your your NPM install uh, okay. or you can you can get it directly from the NPM registry itself um, from the command line. and um, both of those options are, are totally okay. and currently um, you know they'll, they'll spin up the whole site for you get all the, the dependencies you want and uh, and show you I guess with um, some of those shipped example atoms and molecules and, and organisms how you can use p- a pattern lab uh, you know to, to build things. Um, one thing I do want to do is, is uh, you know, now take maybe some, a break or, or, or focus a little bit more on writing how to use Pattern Lab to, to get started, mm-hmm. um, to, to use it in more advanced scenarios, and um, help, help people kind of along that journey. Because uh, clearly, I, I wasn't privy to some like the Entertainment Weekly or the, uh, the TechCrunch work, but um, you know, if they can build a site of, of that kind of complexity, uh, you know, it can, it can probably do a lot. So. Not letting people understand those capabilities is is key to uh, adoption and and, uh, and hopefully making their workflows a little better.
0: Okay, and then what about Markdown? I this is gonna, I it was a weird question, but am I able to use Markdown <laughs> to actually write my content, that or is, is that or is that sort of a weird question? It
1: was well, very strangely specific.
0: Um, <laughs> but, I love uh, Markdown, and I want to use it for everything.
1: <laughs> that's okay. Uh, we we uh, we're Markdown fans too, um, pretty much everywhere, and um, it does it. Uh, I think I've seen some rumblings about that maybe on the PHP side. Um, and it, it sounds like a great idea for an engine um, mm-hmm. on, on uh, the, the Pattern Lab node side. Um, the, yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. I'd, I'd love to be able to use that too.
0: Yeah. So right now, I mean, obviously, if I'm using some kind of uh, server site, or if I'm building a static site, I mean, it's already going to handle that processing for me. So there's really nothing specific today for, for Markdown support. No, not right now. Okay. So it's compatible, just not, not there
1: sure <laughs>
0: okay all right anything
2: else you want to tell us about uh, pattern lab or anything else that we missed oh geez um, <laughs> I,
1: I don't know I guess I, I just want to you know I, I want to thank you guys for letting me uh, on the show today and um, what truly I, I just want to reiterate how um, how nice it is to hear other stories of people using Using the tool, it, uh, it validates, you know, a lot of the nights that uh, you spend on it and what, when you could be sleeping. And um, so hearing things like Target, uh, you know, using it and, and uh, some of the other bigger, bigger examples from the, the PHP side, it really is cool. And, um, you know, in, in, a, in a world of a lot of choice uh, on, on tooling. Um, you know, it's nice to know that uh, the amount of time you're spending on on just one of them is actually um, value added for for other people. Uh, it might be kind of a good segue back to what you're saying about um, working for your industry or, or serving your industry. You know, it's uh, I've benefited so much from it um, in, in learning and in consuming tools that we use every day on our production sites. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, you know, this is one little small way that um, you know, I can I can give back and and, um, make something better. So,
0: yeah, I found no matter how crazy any of my side projects are, they always, it, 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 it's just inevitable in it. It's always within close proximity. I will work on, let's say I built a fart app. I swear to you, if I built a fart app next week, I would go into work and for whatever reason some some project would come up that would that uses like the same principles for for whatever reason it it just it is without fail right so i've i've never had any wasted time on a on a side project from that standpoint
1: i've wanted to write out write down some kind of um post or maybe a a short talk on things i've learned just you know uh forking or maintaining an open source project because um I've learned a lot about release management and and uh, kind of broadcasting your your roadmap um, from from doing this uh, that than I ever had before, and uh, you know it's it's been um, a very very good experience uh, learning and and uh, I can't emphasize enough how, how nice it's been to work with um, Brad Frost and, and Dave Olson too and their their support and encouragement and the the uh, port uh, was was definitely. Uh, uh, well, uh, aimed because, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people benefiting from it.
0: Very cool. Okay. So my Azure pick of the week is going to be machine learning. So go back and watch Josh's video that I mentioned before, uh, Carl, what do you have for the app and dev tip of the week? So I actually combine these two because, um,
2: uh, windows live writer was a very popular, uh, tool that was part of the what the live essentials pack i believe jason yep and a ton of people use that to actually do blogging Mm -hmm. and now they've released an open live writer and it's out on github we'll have the link to that in our show notes and i don't know exactly who started it but there's a list of everybody who's helped contribute to it i know scott hanselman has been a huge champion of this and to drive support and to actually make this happen to get this over the wall so just a very short synopsis is you know, so many people like this tool that internally at Microsoft, there is a team of people, including Scott and a few others like Tim Heuer, that had uh, uh, gotten the pieces of it that were possible to be open sourced. Um, so it's not entirely complete. There are a few features missing, but they couldn't open source those pieces. Yeah. So so it's, it's functional to this point. You can write plugins against it, and uh, they want to bring it back to be as good as and then better what Windows Live Writer was in the past.
0: Cool. People were just begging for this thing. I mean, they were they would b- pretty much give anything for this thing. So, it was it was a shame whenever whenever it was sort of end of life, but now that it is open source, it has a, it has a second life here.
2: Well, and and another key thing too is because of the uh, popularity of Windows Live Writer, uh, Google for its Blogger system had kept the authentication mechanism, which was a really old v- version, yeah. open just for Windows Live Writer, <laughs> and because of this, they're actually going to deprecate that support. So, what that in favor of OAuth too. Okay. So, what that means is, um, in the future, Windows Live Writer won't work if you use Blogger anymore.
0: Okay, very cool. I mean, I I much 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 prefer Markdown. I think I think. Um well, there's so many reasons that I, don't <laughs> going to, but I mean, I'm, I'm because 100% Markdown. I mean, I, the people that love windows live writer, like there's lots of people that are using for lots of good reasons and, and I'm not going to poo poo them, but, uh, you know, like if you can switch to something like Markdown, I think there's so many advantages because like, yeah. it's impossible to write valid HTML. I mean, that's what it always came down to, to me. Um, you know, it's just, it's just absolutely impossible. And if I can, if I can write something that, that is, you know, has to be perfect or that, that I should say that um, that can't be imperfect. And then that gets converted in a perfect HTML. That's a huge win in my book. So yeah, that's why nice, I love uh,
1: just for structured content, you know, um, mm-hmm. making sure that uh, it, it's front and center with your, your hierarchy of headings and, and, and so forth. Yeah. You know, we, we're actually trying to push for using it at, at right end for all of our documentation too. So. Yep. Yeah. Actually
0: Microsoft uses that for a lot of documentation and then all that markdown then is in GitHub and I, on many cool. of occasions, I've found, and I say typos, but like, uh, for example, there was recently I was, uh, what was I setting up? Oh, it was the Power BI custom visuals. And you pull down their repo and you get started with that. And in their installation, they were missing a step. And I had a whole room of people and, you know, I had to sit there and keep telling like, oh, well, it's missing the step in the documentation. And I just, I went in and I changed it and issued a pull request. And you don't even have to use your, you can just do all that in a browser. You can hit the little pencil icon in GitHub and just, just edit it. And people are probably getting tired of me saying this over and over again, but push that button, make the changes, submit it as a pull request, make the web a better place. Okay, Brian, I don't even know. I mean, it's been like, uh, what 30 years since you've been on the podcast, right? Um, (laughs) did we play this? Uh, you, you gotta be kidding me game whenever you were on. No. Okay. So this is new. Okay. So what I need you to do, I need you to pick a number between zero and five. Three. Okay, I think you're the first person to pick three when I say between zero and five. I can make everybody say three if I say between one and four. They always pick three. Okay, number three. Would you rather have to wear shoes four sizes too big or have to wear pants four sizes too big with no belt? (laughs) Are you crying?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably the pants.
0: The pants? Yeah, I think you'd be be
1: slightly more mobile if you... uh, as long as you keep your strides big enough, right?
0: Yeah, but then you gotta you gotta like hold your pants up all day. That's all right. But whatever, you're the guest. I'm not gonna argue with you. Okay, Carl, pick a number. <laughs> I'll pick four. Four. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather have to use a toilet that is really, really filthy and gross? Two reallys, just so you know, Carl. Um, or use one that's clean, but where the water is bubbling in the bottom, and you think that it's going to spout up at any time? I think you better have had this one before. And uh, I, I, I think that was on the episode with Ginny Kihi. Oh, you even remember the episode? He's like, yeah. "Toilet, Ginny episode 57. <laughs> that, that's, that's taking up a brain cell, huh? Ah, uh, but bo- both are bad, but
2: I think you have a known consistency. You can, you know, you can mediate the one that's really dirty yeah. and, you know, kind of get around that. Whereas yeah. the other one, there's just a chance that there's nothing you can do. Yeah. About like it.
0: it yeah. I could just go nuclear at some point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more thing, Brian. Uh, so, um, we actually reached out to you, um, asking you for some people that would be great to talk about responsive design. I know we talked about it just a tiny, tiny bit today, yeah. but, um, yeah, you had mentioned, uh, Karen McGrain, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, she has a book that came out recently called going responsive, right. and She's actually going to be uh, coming on the show, uh, very soon. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So thank you for that recommendation. And, um, so we're super excited about that. So that's something to look forward to. That's crazy. Cool. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I figured, I figured you'd think that. Yeah, no, we're, we're super excited. So I've been, uh, I've been reading her book, um, getting up to speed on that. If you had a book, I would have read your book before this episode <laughs> <laughs> in the three hour time. Okay. So you gave us, uh, like 15 different, uh, plugs, uh, but where can people find you? Where do you want to direct people to?
1: Oh geez, uh, I guess the best way to contact me is uh, on on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, B um long long last name. Um, hopefully, you can give him a link. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in addition to that, and um, yeah, I'm always kind of sharking around on on Pattern Lab Node. Uh, clearly, uh, on GitHub. Um, I also uh, have a semi regularly um updated CodePen uh, account. Um, uh, same uh, same B Munzenmeier. Uh, a username. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if you guys are familiar with CodePen, but it's. Uh, no, I'm looking at it right now. Though it, I think
0: I've seen yep. it before. Yeah,
1: it's a uh, really, a really neat uh, tool and kind of mini social network uh, on sharing front end uh, design and and development um, techniques and and uh, toys and showcases and things like that. On my uh, on my account, you can see where I did a little joke, um, little app about um, naming. Uh, like something like noun.js, because it seems like every single noun in the English yeah. language has has a JavaScript framework for it. So I built a little toy inside of CodePen there. So um, you can find all kinds of cool stuff on CodePen. Um, so I like hanging out on there um, and my website, of course. Things like
0: that. Okay, very cool. And where can people find you, Carl? You can find me at wpdevguy.com or on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. You can find me at ytechie.com or on Twitter at twitter.com slash ytechie. So, Brian, thank you so much for coming on here. at Uh, With uh, particularly short notice, we we really appreciate you coming on and um, and talking about Pattern Lab. This is uh, this is cool stuff, and I encourage everybody to check it out. So thanks again for coming on. You bet. Thank you guys.